We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become the new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes. Stay tuned for why we love using Zencaster for the podcast. Are you looking to start your journey in podcasting but not sure how? Kangaroo Firm Media Lab got you covered. Everything you need to know in launching and growing your podcast is here. Book a call now at kangaroofirm.com. By the way, I just released my ebook Harness the Power of Podcasting. To get a free copy, just go over to mikosantos.co/freebook. That is m i k o s a n t o s.co/freebook. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com A Kangaroo Fern production. You know, being comfortable with having to learn and put in the effort and, you know, you can't do that unless you do get out of your comfort zone because you're not going to stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning trying to talk to new customers and reading up on how to start a crowdfunding campaign. And, you know, if you if you stay within your comfort zone, then you're not going to be able to fulfill because, like I said, you know, it's about utilizing different resources and there are so many things you have to try and do yourself when you're a business on your own when you're an entrepreneur when you're trying to you know make something yourself you have to be able to do it all and the only way you can try and do it all is to yeah get uncomfortable to to accept that you might fail that you might not know the right things at the right time um and just be you know trusting that hopefully you'll get there in the end The Tribe Podcast Show is a production of Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, which is all about supporting you to start and build a thriving business. Tribe Podcast on Ozpod Syndicate. Maria Baker is a snowboarder turned entrepreneur. After a series of events led her to starting her own business, creating a snow pants for women of all shapes and size. She made the brave decision to tackle an idea she has been sitting on since 2017. Head on. Maria began to embark entrepreneurial journey designing women's snow pants with no previous knowledge of fashion, experience, or funding. Maria successfully designed a snow pants prototype to fit women of all body shape and size. She is on a mission to empower them to feel comfortable on the slope. Being a size, a tall size 14, snowboarder herself, she found there was a large gap in the market for appropriate fitting snow pants for women and devised a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo and raised initial $10,000 to develop the business idea. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Maria Baker, welcome to the Tribe Podcast under Osborne Syndicate. How are you today? Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Maria, can you 
tell us about yourself. So I know you've been a snowboarder and you mm-hmm. turn entrepreneurs. Yeah. To our audience and listener, can you elaborate? Tell us about yourself. Yeah. So um originally I'm actually a graphic designer from, you know, in terms of my career, and I've been doing that for about 12, 13 years now. Um, and I moved to Melbourne in 2015 and after making some friends, they took us snowboarding for the first time in 2017 and absolutely fell in love with the snow. Um, never had been a, a winter person before, but absolutely loved it. Um, and it didn't take long for me to really, really fall in love with the sport. Um, the, the, biggest issue I sort of struggled with though was clothing given my um my size even though I'm not you know considered overweight or obese or anything like that and so as you mentioned had a bit of an idea and you know last year found myself fulfilling that that business idea and and kind of flipping the switch and going for it so you don't have any experience on you experience a snowboarding but you don't have any experience on on fashion or knowledge in fashion and also on funding. So when you're doing this business idea, who is your influence on, on developing this? You're right. I don't have any um, experience in fashion design or textile design, and that was probably a um, limiting factor when I first had this idea, when I first originally went, you know, Someone needs to make this this idea come to life, and it it stalled me because I tried to find out how to kind of get into that realm and how to um you know get into that industry, and I just I struggled. I couldn't really find what I needed. Um, and it wasn't I guess until I had the second attempt last year at trying to get into it again. Um, due to COVID giving me a bit more free time than normal and I kind of met the right people. So a person that I, I found through LinkedIn was a textile designer who had previously worked in, in the snow industry and worked for some pretty big international brands and I kind of put out an, an olive branch and said, you know, hey, do you want to, you know, come on this potentially failing project that, you know, to create some snowboarding pants. And she went, yeah, okay. Um, so she she's my my main sort of um, drive and inspiration and the person who's been guiding me and helping me to, to bring this project to life. And, um, you know, it, it hasn't been without her sort of guidance and experience that I've been able to do this. And, you know, I think something that became really apparent really early on is that you know, when you're trying to start a business, yes, you might be a one-man show, but you really need to rely on the the knowledge and expertise of as many people as you can get, you know, get your hands on as that are willing to help you to take that help. So you're saying you need to have a good team to to develop one business idea to make it successful? Um, not necessarily a team, but having you know, really utilizing resources. Um, when I first started, you know, I didn't really have an idea of like doing my own finances and, you know, even things like balancing, you know, bank accounts and um, doing business plans. And, you know, something that really helped me with that was just really networking and putting it out there and trying to meet as many people as I could and, you know, seeing their reaction to my idea and, 
kind of gauging who was willing to, you know, just give me little snippets of information to help me on my way. So not not necessarily a team, but just making sure that you're open to receiving, asking for and receiving help because they're both as important as each other. So it's not a team? So you're saying it's like a mentor? Yeah. Um, well, I suppose in terms of uh, the designer, she is working with me. Yep, absolutely. But, you know, she's doing a small but the most important part of the business, if that makes sense. There's still many other elements that have come into, you know, making this business what it is so far and getting it to where it has been. Um, that has been solely on myself and, you know, putting myself out there and trying to learn and and learn from others as much as I can. So how did you come up the name Nobody Princess? That's a funny one, actually. My 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 husband always calls me a princess in, you know, the fact, and even my mother actually calls me her princess and not in the, you know, stereotypical, you're a girly girl, you know, fussy sort of way, but in the, you know, I don't answer to anybody and I don't, you know, I treat myself like I'm a bit of royalty and, you know, I have that confidence. And um, I suppose the idea kind of stemmed from that, you know, being a princess and, you know, not having to not having to answer to anybody and just being yourself and, you know, it the idea, you know, stemmed from, you know, being a princess is all the fun of being a royalty but without any of the responsibility and, You know, sometimes I suppose I take that into my own persona a little bit. So the idea, the idea for the name came from that sort of basis, I suppose, a bit of a personal um, uh, mentality. But ultimately, I actually put the business name out to a survey for a whole bunch of women amongst a whole bunch of other names. And they were all kind of unanimous on, you know, that that name was one of the top three. Um, so I kind of knew that, you know, Given that, yes, it was my own personal favorite, but I wanted to make sure that the brand resonated with other women to to make sure to see it come back with such high votes really cemented that that was the name for the business. Yeah, it's a unique um, unique business name, unique business name, or unique business brand for that. So, question: the next question I have is that you raised initially ten thousand dollars to develop the business idea. For our listener and our audience who's watching right now, some of them are thinking of starting their entrepreneur journey. Yeah. How did you started your crowdfunding campaign? Because most most of them doesn't know how to do it. Did you have someone guide you <laughs> on doing that? This podcast is brought to you by Ospad Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with a mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. Um, no, that was pretty much all myself. Um, I suppose it goes back to what I was saying about being open to listening to other people and trying to, you know, use as many resources as you can. So the the biggest one was that, you know, I went down the crowdfunding path because, you know, most business grants, you need to have matched funding to, to receive a grant, which I didn't have. And I didn't want to go down the investor path straight down, straight away, even though I amazingly had a couple of people offering. Um, and 
the second part, yeah, was that I just researched. I did so much research. So I went and looked at successful crowdfunding campaigns. I went on to Kickstarter. I went on to Indiegogo. And I, and I looked at, you know, similar fashion um, crowdfunding campaigns and had a look at, you know, what were the, the similarities between those pages that obviously made them successful. And, you know, it started to stand out really well. It was, you know, having a, a strong brand, having, you know, a really insightful and capturing video, you know, having all the, the benefits and perks of the product and clear timelines written out in your story um, and having some really good graphics, you know, people are visual creatures and likely to pay more attention to images or, or graphics over words. Um, so that was a big part of it. You know, luckily those crowdfunding modules work on that. They take a percentage of what you do raise. And so in, it's in their best interest that you raise enough money so that you reach your goal and therefore they get paid. So a lot of the resources on those pages themselves are actually really good. And even down to little tips and tricks, like, you know, starting a campaign or a Monday or a Tuesday, because they've been proven to be the most successful um, days for launching and get the most uptake straight away. And the other part that was really helpful is that, you know, I tried to do a lot of networking because I'm a big believer of, you know, it's who you know and the and the people you've talked to that help you succeed in life. And um, I was really lucky to meet some people who had run some camp crowdfunding campaigns and, you know, they they weren't overly, I wouldn't say not overly useful because the difference between their campaign and mine is that I was going on a concept and most crowdfunding campaigns are on a product that's already been made. And so I, I had to really, you know, dig deep, but there were still little, you know, um, nuggets of information from talking to these people just around, you know, the types of audiences and how to word things. And so again, that, that reaching out and just trying to make use of any resource I could be at networking, be at online reading and, um, you know, researching and studying previous crowdfunding campaigns was really important. So you say you need to research everything and know your niche market. Why do you think if you know your customer avatar or your niche market, it will be all right? I definitely think that plays a big part because trying to launch something in a market where your product might already exist or there might be something similar is really hard. I'm not the first person to make snow pants and I'm not the first person to make uh, women's snow pants and I'm not the first person to make plus size snow pants either, you know, but I could identify that those things were still not quite right. And I went around that by, you know, doing a survey to kind of, you know, um, factualize my thoughts. And then for me, obviously, with my graphic design background, the second part to launching something is all about your branding. I, I constantly see companies who try and launch without having their branding solidified first. And for me, the mentality I live by with starting up visual identities for people when I'm freelancing or even when I'm working for companies is, you know, if you're small, you've got to fake it till you make it. And so the effort to, you know, getting your, your business name organized, getting your domain set and your emails and getting your logos done and your company colors and um, tone of voice 
you know, people are going to, there's a lot to be said about how this generation buys products, you know, millennial generation buys products, and it's all about loyalty and trust. You know, millennials are not as uh, logical when it comes to purchasing. They're much more emotional. And, you know, part of that then is, is having a brand that looks like it's the real deal, you know, being set up. So, you don't go, yeah, okay, this guy's or this woman's got a, a slap together website that's, you know, very amateurish and they're trying to sell a $300 product. It's not, I'm going to make my website look good and look like I'm already successful because it's going to instill that trust. It's going to build that loyalty and go, yeah, okay, this is this is a brand I can get behind that obviously has been done right. And I think that's really important too, regardless of what your product is and regardless of what product or service you're trying to sell it's it's all about how your brand presents so that's why you can have you know 20 different brands of skincare and skin creams selling the same thing and you can have 20 brands of tires it's all about how you market and present your business and your brand yeah so it's a good idea to have to know your brand before anything else in the relation with the brand what is your opinion about personal brand and your brand of business is it, sh- it should be into one or should be a separate one um i think a lot of that largely depends on what you're trying to sell for me having the two combined you know my my brand is me because of what i am trying to sell i am trying to fix a problem that i've personally experienced which is you know not being able to buy pants that fit well and ripping pants because they don't quite fit right and being uncomfortable And so that's something I can genuinely sell, if that makes sense. You know, I can put that into the brand because I'm only going to appeal to those people if that's what I'm showing. Um, But if I'm trying to sell, you know, uh, a high-end tanning oil or something, you know, I'm not going to put my own personal touch into it because I might be targeting, you know, people who make, you know, at least 80K a year and only visit the Bahamas. And so, you know, there's a, there's a time and a place and it just really depends on, on what you're selling. That being said, it still does come back to that thing about marketing to, you know, the most recent generations and going on that loyalty, that empathy and, and attracting them on an emotional level. So if somebody can relate to what your brand is and what you're standing for and what you're trying to sell, it's going to do better. And if you can provide some real genuine emotion behind that, you know, for me, I don't have to fake anything. I, I am a larger woman. I am, I have had this issue and that's what I'm talking about. I'm being really transparent when I'm building this brand. So it's going to work in your favor a lot better if, you know, what you are trying to do is a passion, is is a, um, you know, a, something that you really want to promote and truly believe in. And I actually think that's probably half the issue with people who try and start up businesses is that sometimes they go for something that they don't even believe in themselves or they don't think, um, you know, they don't have a passion for, you know, people might go, okay, I'm going to start up a cafe because I think it's a good way to make money or I'm going to get into drop shipping because, you know, I've seen people make lots of money really quickly. But at the end of the day, if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to do well about it. And that's a lot of things in life, be it study, being starting a business, you know, your work, your career, 
the better the more passion you have for something the better you're going to do for it and the better you're going to communicate to other people around you so what what why do you think passion is very important in starting a business like why is it important it it's going to get you through those darker days it's going to get you through the stressful days because you know if you don't have that passion behind it you're going to probably give up on it a lot easier you know some nights where i've been you know up till midnight 1am 2am trying to uh communicate and engage with the northern hemisphere clients that i'm trying to um you know market to and i'm i'm dead tired and you know i've been on my computer for you know 16 hours straight or something like that it's those days that i'm lucky that i have the passion of what i'm trying to do and i'm actually trying to achieve something that's going to you know benefit myself as well you know that's part of it it's a bit guilt it's a bit selfish if anything but having that passion will definitely get you through the the harder days it'll it'll make it'll make the journey more tolerable um and i think more likely to succeed because you believe in it versus you know something that you think just might make you money or you think people might need but you don't actually believe in it on time of this record Melbourne is on lockdown. Yeah. So I'm sure you are very successful on 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 your business right now on um, snow pants. It's not to come easily because of this lockdown, this pandemic, so some business people already closed their their business mm-hmm. because of this one. What challenges have you had to overcome along the way? This podcast is brought to you by Ospad Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with a mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. Um, I suppose I've got two very different perspectives um, around lockdown because, you know, Last year my my full-time job got canned because of lockdown. I was working in the travel industry, which gave me a lot of free time, which ultimately gave me the time and energy to start up this business. So I was actually really thankful for that. Um then in the same breath, you know, getting the pants produced um overseas has had its issues because covid is still affecting a lot of different places in terms of transit times and delivery times you know whole production sites are shut down so you know um for example at the moment my zips which should have taken you know four weeks to turn around are now taking three months which is pushing out my timelines and that's making it really hard so that's on a on a global level and then uh on a on a more personal or local level sorry you know the melbourne lockdown has interrupted um and pushed back my launching of the actual product um i was due to film last weekend to start up and actually get my content together for my next kickstarter for the second round that i'm doing which is the you know final ordering before i start production um and unfortunately i can't i can't get out and get out and film I, you know i need to get up to the snow i need to put my pants my prototypes in the snow and show people that they are what I, you know i'm telling them they are and they live up to my expectations 
And this all loops back to, you know, having a successful kick fund or a crowd starting campaign is that you really need to be able to present your product in the best light. And so for me, there is no other alternative. I don't, I don't feel that filming in a studio is adequate. I don't feel like that's going to be putting my product in the best light and I'm not going to be able to convey to my potential customers, you know, the true potential of the product. So now having a lockdown again, the something so short, it's going to have a ripple effect because I'm not going to be able to film for about three, four weeks now. So I'm not going to be able to launch my Kickstarter for like nearly a month behind, which is then going to push back my production date because I need the Kickstarter to confirm orders. So, you know, just one small thing like a two, three week lockdown in Melbourne has actually had a huge ripple effect and created a big challenge for me in terms of my timelines and what I was, you know, hoping to achieve by now. How to keep a positive mindset when things go wrong? How do you do it? Probably comes back to that passion, the reason I'm doing it and the fact that I I want to make a difference, um, you know, and I think being able to look back and see how far I've come in the last nine months has been a big game changer for me in how I think because I think I would hate myself if I was to just throw it all away now. I've gotten so close and, you know, there are some trivial things like I would have to refund people money if I wasn't going to proceed or but that's not really, you know, impo- you know, important. It's doable. But, you know, I would feel sad for having put in so much effort for such a passionate cause. That's probably what keeps me going. And there are other trivial things as well that I can focus on that, okay, if I get severely delayed, I will miss, say, the Southern Hemisphere snow season. But then, you know, I've got a pivot and I can go, right, well, maybe I just need to concentrate on the Northern Hemisphere snow season at the end of this year. So, you know, there's some pros and cons. And so I suppose the biggest thing that keeps me positive and keeps me going is always being open to problem solving as well and going, okay, how can we make this the best possible scenario with what we have and just being open-minded that there is more than one possible outcome. And believing, believing in the product because regardless of whether it gets released in August like it's meant to or if it gets pushed back a month or two, if I'm if I believe in what I'm selling, I still believe that people will buy it regardless of the small delay, which is really two months is in the scheme of things a small delay. So you have to believe on your product to make it successful. So yeah. do you think you need to have you need to out of your comfort zone? so that you can deliver this to to the market? We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. 100%. 100% you do. Um, because when you're starting a business on your own, um, you know, yes, I've had a, a fashion designer help me with the design of the pants and organizing that part of it. Um, and yes, I've had, uh, you know, I've had some help with PR and marketing to try and just get me going. Um, I've had to learn so many skills that I just didn't even have before. You know, it's nine months ago, there was so much I would not have had a clue about. And, you know, being comfortable with having to learn and put in the effort and 
you know, you can't do that unless you do get out of your comfort zone because you're not going to stay up till two o'clock in the morning trying to talk to new customers and reading up on how to start a crowdfunding campaign. And, you know, if you if you stay within your comfort zone, then you're not going to be able to fulfill because, like I said, you know, it's about utilising different resources and there are so many things you have to try and do yourself when you're a business on your own, when you're an entrepreneur, when you're trying to, you know, make something yourself. You have to be able to do it all and the only way you can try and do it all is to, yeah, get uncomfortable to to accept that you might fail that you might not know the right things at the right time um and just be you know trusting that hopefully you'll get there in the end so on this on this uh entrepreneur journey who are the three i think three people you have been most influential to you i suppose maybe not specific people but maybe specific resources is better um listening to the how i built this podcast really got me my mind ticking um you know listening to the stories of you know the woman who invented spanx and you know even jake burden who you know invented the first snowboard and um all these other small businesses that are now you know global companies and just seeing how they had small humble beginnings was has been really inspiring. The second one is probably I can't again pinpoint a person, but networking and attending things like Lunch Club, which is an online networking thing around the world, and meeting the people there who I suppose cheered me on when I shared my idea, um, really helped me with my confidence in getting it done. And you know, it's been great to be able to lean because they've all contributed their own little parts so you know I met one guy who was fantastic and helped me do a bit of business planning and I met another guy who had done a successful crowdfunding um met another guy who had done some snow equipment before and you know and I feel like I got really lucky um so you know that's been great and I suppose the other person you know it's probably a hard tie between my partner who's been supportive when I don't come to bed till three o'clock in the morning and puts up with me you know talking about the business 24 7 and actually the fashion designer I'm working with because she has guided me and helped me and taught me so much and you know shared her industry knowledge because she has you know, not only being a fashion designer and, um, you know, being in that industry, but she's also been around the snow industry for a long time and work, you know, up in the snow and has a great uh, community and um, repertoire in the snow industry and community in Australia. So for her to share that with me because, you know, that, that's been really influential. Like she, she has instilled a lot more confidence in me than I probably had because she thankfully sort of saw where I was what I was trying to do and backed me on it so you know she has been hugely influential to me I probably wouldn't have done it if I hadn't found her to be honest so yeah they're my they're my three things my three uh points of uh influence do you have any final advice or anything else you want to share to our listener and audience who may be considering starting up a business on their own yeah, absolutely. Network, network as much as you can because you never know where you're going to find just little snippets of information that'll help you and really research. You know, the internet is a weird and wonderful place. 
but there is so much out there and, um, you know, even places like Reddit have, you know, some really good experience because it's real life people. It's not just people writing blogs to try and get, you know, clicks through their website, but it's actual real life experience. So I think that's a really good resource for people to use. And thirdly, goes back to passion. Just make sure that if you're going to, you know, do something, be passionate about it, believe in what you're doing, be it a service or a product, because, you, you know, it's going to be a million times easier to support something that you truly believe in than not. Thank you for that. How can our listener and audience connect with you online? Yep. So you can go have a look at my website, which is nobodiesprincess.com.au. Um, now that I've talked a big game about having a good website, you can go check it out and see if I if it's good enough for you. Um, and also on Instagram and Facebook at Nobody's Princess Apparel. All right. Thank you so much, Maria. To our no listener and audience, so all the link on the website every- it will be on our show notes so on the description. So please check or check the website of Maria. So nobodiesprincess.com.au and also connect with her on Instagram and Facebook as well at Nobody's Princess Apparel. All right. Thank you so much, Maria. And thank, um, you, for thank you for your time. It's been great to chat. Thank you. This is another episode of Tribe Podcast under Osport Syndicate and see you next week. Thank you for listening and watching. Make sure to visit our website at australiapodcastsyndicate.com. Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or Facebook. If you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. You can also join the conversation with Ospod Syndicate on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I love to chat with you over on Instagram. Follow me at the Sidestrip and join us today on Facebook. Search Rebounds Australia, where can entrepreneurs figure out how to turn their dreams into reality? Be a member supporter and get a bonus content at AustraliaPodcastSyndicate.com/support-us. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast, or maybe you already have one? but need a podcast manager to help you level up. Book now at kangaroofirm.com. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com